Yo, welcome to the My City Podcast. Yo, 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 welcome back to the My City Podcast, episode 52. You got your boy, Big Sam, you got your boy, Iray, what are you saying, bro? How you doing, bro? It's a Sunday, I'm feeling blessed. How you doing? You good? <laughs> You're good, bro. Happy Sunday, happy Sunday. Kick care, we've got the beautiful kick care from BYP <laughs> on the pod today. Hi, doing, everyone. Today? Hey, I'm good. Happy to be here. Thanks for coming on. Of course, if you, have, if you haven't tuned in already, tune into episode 51. When we had our boy, Teo Dion, we spoke about all things black hair and keeping yourself... Um, looking good and looking healthy, keeping your hair and your skin looking good and looking healthy during lockdown. And um, of course, there's no salons available. You can't get a pedicure. You can't get your you can't go to a barber. So TOD spoke to us about keeping our hair healthy, and um, we spoke about other topics such as uh, what pro-blackness is, and you know had interesting questions as to whether you can be pro-black or have a white partner. So tune into that. Um, Sam, do you want to talk about what we're talking about today? Yeah, cool. So, um, so we've got Kike to come on and kind of talk us through the current state of the job market. Um, obviously during lockdown, you've had been made redundant, people been furloughed, people upskilling. So, um, Kike runs the wonderful BYP network. So, um, we can talk a bit about what they do, how they're helping out, and just offer her nuggets. Kike, do you want to quickly talk about what BYP network is? Sure. So, BYP network is a platform that connects black professionals with each other and corporations. We have about 40,000 members and we work with the likes of PwC, Facebook, Accenture, etc. Um, our whole mission is to change the black narrative and that just involves connecting black professionals in any way to opportunities. So that includes jobs, um, events, leadership development. Um, and we also have an app so people can download the app and connect there. We're kind of dubbed like the Black LinkedIn. It actually stands for Black Young Professionals Network, but I feel like we've been feeling like that name might have to change or we just have to keep explaining it and expanding because um, it actually helps like most age groups, so it's beyond young or kind of like you say, you're as young as you feel. Um, but essentially, it's just connecting Black people. Have any of you guys come to any of our events? If you say no, that's embarrassing on the podcast. Come on, of course. Of course, yeah. you've been there. I've been, I've, been, I've been to a couple still. I was okay. at the conference. Oh, yeah, yeah, Okay, cool. Um, uh, how's you trying to catch us out on our own podcast, man? <laughs> <laughs> like, I had that, man. That, <laughs> no, I'm just about to love yeah. but, um, no, no, essentially, okay, like, so why I started BYP Network reminds me of the current times we're in, because I started it in 2016, like the end of 2016, right when kind of Black Lives Matter and the police brutality thing was happening. Um, and I remember just feeling really frustrated at the time that, you know, I was retweeting onto the timeline, quote tweeting, kind of saying, when will this stop? See all the graphic images and the videos, but feeling quite helpless. Like, okay, cool. I'm like spread awareness somehow, but what now and what next? Um, on top of the fact that, you know, like the workplaces weren't very diverse. Um, I had just come back from America and I met some amazing, like black students and professionals out there. And it was just like, how do we as a community connect around the globe? Um, I know a lot of us, even right now, are feeling like, what can we do? We feel really helpless and really frustrated. I'm like, there's a lot of us that feel that way. So if we can connect, you know, in the UK and globally, then maybe we can actually make change in our community. Like, um, I know all three of us are Nigerians. So, like, even the problems back home, it gets to us. Even though we're talking about police brutality, there's loads of stuff happening in Nigeria right now, um, as we know. So it's kind of like, how do we just come together, share ideas, start new businesses, you know, employ people, um, 
and just whatever it takes to, to change the, the black narrative. So in that time, what we've done essentially is work to build a platform. Um, so tech is quite difficult, but we finally got there. Um, so I could download the app. Um, but also just show everyone that we can be friends and we can be a real community. One thing I found in, um, you know, just networking events in general is that you come with your titles. So someone will be like, hi, I'm, you know, John and I'm the MD of this company and kind of look, look down on other people if they're not on that level. Whereas with BYP, it's like, actually, we're all friends. It doesn't matter who you are, what you do, like, come and share ideas and just, like, you know, leave your titles at the door. Um, and that's kind of what's got the vibe going of BYP and I think why we've grown so much because a lot of people refer their friends. You know, they tell other people about BYP. And even though there are other, like, networking events or, or even groups, it just doesn't have that same, like, family vibe that we have. And then now on top of it, we connect with these organisations. So I kind of see BYP as that bridge between like, you know, these big top corporates and the community. So even now, again, in this current climate, one thing that's transpired is that we need to hold these corporates more accountable. And we need to also ensure that they understand what's going on in the community and how their employees feel. So we're actually launching a bi-weekly newsletter for them specifically. So that's, we already have one for our community, but now it's going to the HR directors, DNI leads, even the CEOs and chairmen that we have in our network. And it's going to be candid in the sense of this is real stories from our network. This is what's going on. This is how you can support. And that's just like, for me, three, three and a half years ago, I couldn't do that. You know, when I started BIP and I felt frustrated with police brutality, I, I couldn't do anything. But I guess to be here in this position now, like, okay, cool. There's some impact we can make. That is the point of BIP. It's literally like to build a community and to make that change. Okay, cool. Thanks for that. Yeah, we're going to tap on to in more detail later on regarding the proof and brutality. Now, when, when um, now when B when BYP first first started, it was just an app. Is that correct? That, that um. Yeah. So when it first started, it was just events because we wanted an app, but oh, so you did events that. first. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, okay. Because I remember yeah, yeah. I I first started using it in twenty seventeen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was like one year later. Okay, so you did events first, was it like networking events or what was it? Yeah, so we did like, it was networking and socialising, so it was kind of like a range of stuff and every event was different. I feel like you're going to say something. No, 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 <laughs> we're saying it offline, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, no, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think, I think, good to you, good to you, good to you. Yeah, so I guess it was a platform that, um, if BIP has all been a platform to connect black professionals yeah. with either other black professionals or uh, opportunities, and you've done it via events and, and apps as well, I guess, in that particular yeah. regard. Like, exactly. That's it. Like, I think for people who are, I guess, aspiring entrepreneurs, the key thing was I started where I was, which was I can make an event. That's not difficult to do. And then built up the event, built up the main list, and then was able to use that money to make the first version of the app. And then, yeah, we moved from there. Yeah. I think it's one of the beauties of BYP is the fact that you have an online and an offline presence. And especially what we're talking about now, like, you know, lockdown and COVID and blah, blah, blah. And like, like firms which didn't have that infrastructure prior to the lockdown, you know, getting held a scale and struggling. It's, it's really it's really quite a beautiful thing that, um you know, the first I heard of it was the BYP app. And I, I always thought that that was a dating app. Because the person that introduced it to me said that oh, I, want that. <laughs> I wanted to try get things or whatever. That's that's, that's how no, it is. No, but it's good you say that's that. That's how you like cut that app. So we cut not not cut yeah. the app, but we changed it up so that yeah. you know people didn't do that because it was like we were yeah, on yeah. networking, 
but guys yeah, come yeah. on it with a different motive. So that's not, just guys, not just guys, though, because... Right yeah, no, lo- no, low-key girls are on it as well. No, right. girls are like, yeah, yeah, yeah. like, well, why don't you actually also just do a day and that? Because obviously there's a market. I completely agree, and that is one of the you know things and problems in our community. But we can do that later on. For now, let's just build our economic power, and hopefully people can connect for other reasons. And if yeah. it needs more, then well done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. So, um, so speaking about black professionals, and I guess we'll, we'll go into more about BYP later on again. Um, speaking about black professionals, uh, what, what do you guys think of the current state of you know work and jobs in the in the UK or you know globally at the moment? Yeah. So before COVID, I mean, it was already like statistically bad, if that makes sense, for black professionals. As in, the stats are just they're always so negative. So it's either like it takes eight percent more job applications just to even get an interview than your white counterparts. Or it says, you know, black people are still more likely to be unemployed six months after graduation. Um, or, you know, we earn less straight after, straight from graduation, right through our careers. I mean, I can go on because I read the stats all the time. Um, and I think those negative stats in itself does perpetrate kind of a worsening situation where people feel demotivated to apply for jobs or demotivated to, to even bother. And then one of the other things is obviously when you do get a job, there are the microaggressions that you face. There is the t- kind of self-doubt um, or being underestimated. So it's like some people don't even last in jobs. And then trying to find a new job is difficult. Or you find a new job and it's worse than your last job. So all of this is obviously sounding very negative. But then it leads to this kind of problem that we have with a lack of black senior leadership. Um, you know, the BRP conference was that to bring those black leaders to the forefront so that we can see them and we can aspire to those journeys. But I think one thing that we've seen even from them is that it is a difficult journey. You know, you have to kind of keep your head down. You have to fight through. You have to show your worth. Um, And, you know, one thing we all know is that black people have to work 10 times harder just to kind of get the same opportunities. And I don't don't like that. I don't think that's right. I don't feel like, you know, why should we have to be 10 times better just to be on the same level? Obviously, this is right now our current situation. Um, So what it was, the job market, people did have jobs. Some people were in jobs that, you know, it's not the level that they should be at, for example, um, or they get a good job, but they don't progress. So promotion doesn't really happen um, or they get pay increases, but they don't get new titles. Um, so fundamentally, that was all part of, again, why BIP was here. It's like, OK, let's understand more about the job market and the current climate and what it is about the black professional community that's struggling. And I think that, you know, a lot of it is to do kind of with what we know about the job market. Like we need a lot more training in terms of how to even deal with the additional stuff that comes with getting a job, you know, stuff that other communities might not have to worry about. Um, and also, like I said, that confidence element has been a big thing too. So if you if they don't think you're confident, they're not going to give you those opportunities and whatnot. So yeah, the job market has been tough, I'd say. But I mean, you guys are city professionals, so maybe you can, I'm sure you spoke more on it before, but maybe you guys can share kind of a bit of what your thoughts are to that. Yeah, um, for me... Um... In terms of uh, in terms of what the job market's like at the moment, in my particular work um, field of work, uh, some some people in my in my company got made redundant. Uh, fortunately, I wasn't part of those, but um, I guess that was because a lot of people have had to be laid off uh, for because of the whole COVID nineteen and uh, pandemic. Um, fortunately, I still have my job, um, so I work in tech consulting, as people know. Um, in terms of what the job market looks like now. We're working remotely, so we're fully remotely at the moment. Um, we, our office used to be in Fenchurch Street, 
And as you can imagine, the the lease on them kind of buildings are really expensive on a monthly basis. So our lease actually runs out in um, July. Oh, wow. but, our, but our business has said, but due to the everyone working, due to everyone working remotely, and there not being a loss of produ- a, a, a dip in productivity, um, we're going to keep working remotely to at least September. Mm-hmm. That getting a new office isn't priority at the moment at the moment because they're seeing that we can still maintain that level of work or excellence even though we're at home so that's the current state in, in, in my particular work of course you go outside you see that a lot of restaurants bars and businesses like laundrettes or hair salons barbers have been closed so there's been a loss of um, work in that particular aspect um i guess it really depends on where you go i know some people who they had contracts or they signed deals with clients or they signed deals of new companies to work at and then because of the whole COVID 19 they weren't able to start when they're supposed to start or they got laid off within two or three weeks of starting at work for example um so the the job market isn't the greatest it's been um sam yeah yeah i think similar to you guys um like echo you guys you know it's it's tough for a lot of people that have actually signed the contract already at my particular firm they've they've halted their intakes of new grads and and the other aspect as well is like when we're trying to help our youngers or whatever, like our little brothers, little sisters, and they're say their third year of uni, second year of uni, wanting to do internships and they're asking for advice. We've never been in this situation before, do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So the things that we would normally advise them about um, from when we were going through that stage, it's not applicable anymore. So it's about, you know, innovating and trying to find new ways of um, of being able to of making the most of your time. So I think right now what the job market looks like is trying to upskill yourself as much as you can with online courses. And as well, like another factor which I think um, our community needs to start thinking about is if you look at even younger people, so like let's say 16, 17 year olds, um, a lot of them don't even want to go into like traditional um, jobs, like so the laws and the accountings and the, you know what I mean? The medicine, a lot of them now want to go into different things. So like, let's say social media, or let's say even trading, things like that. So in my mentor, my different mentoring endeavors and whatnot, I always, you know, try and split my sort of ideas into two. So the uplifting of um, of people that want to go down those traditional routes. So how I can innovate and get us to do better in those spaces, but also how we can look to tap into those new spaces and, and start creating those role models, the spaces for for young black kids that that want to make money legitimately, but it's just they don't really see yeah. the, the the pathway kind of thing. So yeah. I think those are the, the main things that yeah. you know we've got to kind of look at. Them. If if I talk on like the current state and the future state, so firstly, you know, we know everything is moving online, right? We're online right now. So it was always going to be kind of online work anyway. So I think anyone in our community that is doing kind of retail, is doing like security, is doing, you know, office management or anything to do with being offline, they, like you said, they have to really, really work on upskilling um, and kind of being part of the digital revolution because that is what's, that's what the future is. I, I'm been screaming the future is tech. You guys know that the future is tech. And I think that actually it does give us a great opportunity to progress because technology, I mean, there's so many free online courses. There's so, like um, uh, Code for Girls is doing a six-month camp right now for free for, for young girls that want to learn to code. So I feel like it, it's annoying for some people who are not interested in coding, but that is definitely a, definitely, definitely a way. Obviously, there's also entrepreneurship as well. 
again, not everybody has to be an entrepreneur. And there is this culture of like, oh, if you're not an entrepreneur, then what are you doing? But I disagree with that. You know, entrepreneurship is difficult. But I think that if people do want to be an entrepreneur, then they do need that support and that community. And again, there are those options. When we speak to our um, corporate clients, yeah, none of them are hiring right now, basically. They've all frozen their hiring. Um, or they said maybe towards the end of the year, but still kind of promote and, and let people know. Um, even the events, we've got quite a few events coming up with our corporates. So like Facebook, Nationwide, um, and I think Accenture. All of them are doing the event, but they're still saying they're not hiring at the moment. So there is that hiring freeze. People are losing their jobs. Um, and like you said, the younger generation are kind of left bewildered about next steps. Um, and I think it's it's a weird one where I feel like university students in general are being neglected. Like, I don't even think the government's touched on them. Um, but it is about all of us as a community just upskilling and supporting each other. I think freelancers, personally, I think they got one of the worst as well. Um, you know, like my cousin is a makeup artist, for example. Um, like whose makeup was she able to do in this period? And a lot of them as well um, in terms of they have small businesses, but maybe it's not registered or maybe it's, you know, they're not really declaring like profit. So they weren't able to benefit from any of the government schemes. Um, and insight actually shows that not many people from our community applied for any of those schemes or many of those schemes. Um, and they were actually saying, like, what can we do to get more? Like, what's happening? We don't seem to be benefiting, benefiting the black community. Um, so, again, I think it just comes down to awareness. It comes down to understand that things will be difficult. So how do you make yourself and your brand um, the ability to make money? Like, I like to say people are an expert at something or you're an expert at yourself. There's something that someone will pay for. So you might even have to do that to make money. So, um, yeah, the job market's tough right now, but upskilling really is the key, and there, there are a lot of jobs in tech. Yeah, speaking of, speaking of mental health, um, we did an episode recently on how to keep your mental health up um, or keep your mental health healthy during this COVID-19 um, pandemic. So if you haven't already tuned into that, I think that was episode 50 with Dr. Fabian. Um, no, yeah, you guys have both, both made good points as to the current um, climate. In terms of what I think will happen in the future is, I think we're going to see a lot more remote uh, work, work, working jobs. Um, I think a lot of companies have realised that you don't need to be in the office to remain productive. Um, before, you used to see a lot of people booking meetings for the sake of booking meetings or looking for people to be in attendance in the office for the sake of having attendance. But I think some clients now, some, some companies see now that they can save a lot on their costs on like offices and office space and look at everyone to work remotely. Now, obviously, this isn't going to be the same for every industry. Mm. Um, restaurants, you can't have a virtual restaurant experience, not anytime soon anyway. Maybe maybe BYP are creating that next time. You know? <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, also, I think other... Um, but what I'm interested in seeing is because the government has basically given um, money for furloughed, um, employees and have also been given grants to a lot of businesses one can only wonder that there's going to be a, a significant period of austerity after this where there's going to be a lot of cuts and again like there was when the Tories first came into power and there's going to be a lot of not tax but there's going to be a lot of reduced benefits as a result of being able to implement it. We've already seen the, the increase in the congestion charge yeah. right? so I think a future prediction is that there's going to be a lot more steep prices and a lot of things that we take for granted at this, period, at this current period in time. Uh, what do you guys think? Yeah, so that's why I guess it's even more sad that our community aren't benefiting that, that much from the schemes, you know. Um, furlough is one thing, right, because the employer kind of benefits in a way. Like, Well, actually, both, in, both of them benefit, but 
the employer benefits in terms of their reimburse for paying their employees. Um, in terms of the bounce back loan, to be honest, for business owners that can get that, it is a really good loan. And it's a loan that they wouldn't even get if our economy was booming. So actually, it is an opportunity for people to, if you again, if you can get BYP, we were able to get that loan, for example. And I've never seen terms like that in my entire life. Like, I, yeah. I, I, heard, I, heard of one, I heard of one that's not even a loan. I heard of one that's a grant. I went to my local laundrette. And he told me he got 10 grand free. Yeah. So yeah, anyone yeah. Had a property, yeah. Any business that had like a shop front essentially got 10K grant just like that. And again, when does the government ever do that? So I agree. Yeah. It is going to be austerity. Definitely. Like, again, as you said, with the, the charge. However, but I think those that can capitalize now, there is a way to like actually, you know, be able to really invest and fit that money for your business to grow and sustain. So I do think business owners can you know, make a way that they, they, you know, that they progress quicker than maybe they would have without it. Um, but I think the people that will lose are the, again, the employees that are let go, um, the freelancers, those that don't get any of these schemes, um, and just people that literally, what what can they do after this? Like, I, I don't know if that makes sense. Like, they're going to suffer with the increase in pricing. There's not going to be an increase in, rev, um, in income. Um, and the government's going to be like, well, we gave out all this money, so we, we have to get it back. So... I think they'll also, I think a group that's not really spoken about as well is um, people that can like continue the momentum of this like low carbon emissions because there are quite a lot of um, talks about, you know, this is the lowest that's been in, in a long time. So, mm. you know, any businesses that are because people like you aren't driving to South London. But man, man, like, what are you talking about? <laughs> but um, yeah, businesses, startups or existing companies that can show that, like, look, we're considering this and you know, people are going to want to um, continue to lower as it's been as much as they can kind of thing. So yeah. I think there's an opportunity there for people as well. Yeah, that's, that's a good point, actually. That's, a, that's an interesting one, though, because do, really, do people really care about the climate like that? I they think, do. They do. Reckon? They honestly do. Maybe, maybe yeah, I do, do, but... I think people that... Hundred people that are educated on it, hundred yeah, percent. For example, like Sam, you're, Sam, you're, you're a well-educated guy, but you drive a um, diesel unit car. The dumb thing is, I don't, I don't even do that. But that's cool. <laughs> my, car is very, my car is very petrol, but don't worry about that. But, um, <laughs> but that's the thing. Like I feel like our community, we we kind of pick and choose what we choose to be educated in. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a bit of a long shot comparison, but. Like during COVID, there were a lot of tweets and stuff of people saying their mum is putting onion in the corner of the house yeah, and yeah. that people are being forced to drink like pineapple skin and all of that. Like, yeah, it's, what's it's that not really, is real. Honestly, yeah. it's real. It's real. So people kind of, <laughs> there's no science behind that, but it kind of just becomes the accepted norm. So it's yeah. just picking and choosing what you choose to. I get, but I guess the key question is what do you guys think the impact is going to be on our community, you know, like the black community in the UK and then globally? Like of COVID. Um, COVID, everything that's going on right now. I guess, well, we've already seen that um, COVID is disproportionately affecting a lot more African, um, black, British people than it is our counterparts. Um, we don't know whether that's because the something in our DNA or something in our diet that does it or because of the systematic issues um, we, we experience in hospitals. I guess it's a combination of all those different factors. Um, so naturally, our families are going to be impacted bit more um also i think if you look at the kind of jobs we have 
it's a really difficult to, as you mentioned before, we need 8% more applications than we do for um, than, than, than our white counterparts, right? So I guess when COVID-19 is over and everyone's looking for jobs, again, due to that rush, we're going to see a bit more, uh, maybe an increase again in, in, in um, the number of black people who are unemployed for that particular point in time mm-hmm. because it's already difficult to get into these jobs. And then it's going to be even more difficult because there's going to be more, a lot more competition, I guess, in that regard. That's just one thing off the top of my head. Mm-hmm. Uh, what about you, Sam? I think there's a lot more scrutiny on, um, there's going to be a lot more emphasis on, raw. we need to the black community and like protect them in a way in terms of, we've seen that, you know, they've been so, um, I don't I don't, I don't want to be controversial, but they've been so marginalized that first on one hand, we're seeing like a disproportionate number of deaths in their community. On another hand, you're seeing like Black Lives Matter and they're fighting back and you're seeing they're not having it kind of thing. And basically, I think that we're going to be, the black community is going to be an agenda item in a lot more high profile meetings than pre-COVID. So when they're talking about, um, you know, relief from lockdown and getting people back into work, they're going to have the caveat of, you know what, black people actually have a voice and they may just literally stand up and straight up saying, no, I'm not coming back. Like, I, I I am not prepared to die. Like, your job is not that deep kind of thing. You get what I mean? So I feel like that, that that's that's one of the main things, that that's one of the main differences that you'll see. Like, you've got that um, NHS England inquiry that's going out, uh, that's being conducted at the moment. Once the results of that are released, you'll get a lot more prominent voices um, speaking out and 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 we're going to appear on TV a lot more. We're going to appear in spaces where we didn't prior to this, in my opinion. Just because there's there's a lot there's the that have all come to come to the fore at one time. So yeah, yeah, I think people are not going to have it, kind of thing. Have it? Wow, I feel like you're an optimist. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, what's your opinion? Kim? It's good. No, it's good. I knew that. <laughs> no. Um, what do you think? No, no. I think. Um, I think that you're right in the sense that I think a lot more of us will be more outspoken and will kind of really start thinking more about the community, which is, you know, the only thing we could ever wish for, that we actually really turn inwards now and think, okay, guys, we, this has shown us that like not having that higher, um, you know, status or economic status has actually been to our detriment in so many ways. Like, how did COVID impact us the most? Like, what, when did you get, how, why us, if that makes sense? Like, so actually, it's not as simple as being like, okay, we're fine. Let me go to my like, you know, normal job. I get money, so it's calm. So actually, the job that you're now doing is putting you most at risk. So everyone's like clapping for NHS and um, you know, carers. They're at home on their laptops, you know. And as we know, our organisation, well, not ours, but a lot of the top organisations are not that diverse. So some of us that are city workers or that are doing okay, we're not the majority. And I think a lot of us forget that because your circle does change. Um, I think the majority of us aren't getting those good jobs are not where they need to be and where the most impact is so so my hope is that we do come together more as a community um i think in terms of the corporate side of things yeah i think we will be on the agenda dni has been a topic for a long time now mainly um gender um but my concern is that if there isn't that many jobs available because you know like maybe they just profits are down or you know people aren't spending much obviously a lot a lot of people are going to keep being made redundant and the job roles that are open will go to people that know someone you know, like I refer this person I know versus it being um externally shown. Um, so the hope is, you know, DNI kind of falls at the the wayside when other 
problems are happening in the, in the company. You know, if their their focus now is all about profits, DNI for them kind of falls by the wayside, even though it shouldn't. Um, so I do think it is a time for us to be louder than ever and be more proactive than ever in terms of really all individually investing in the community and and working so that if in another decade there's another pandemic, it doesn't affect us. I think that should be on all of our minds. Like if in ten years' time there's another pandemic. We're not, they're not, there will be no negative news about us. They're not going to be like, oh, we're, we're impacted four times more. Like, that will never, that can't be the case. So I think, uh, you know, again, that in itself is optimistic, but I think we do need big goals. And then us as a community can be like, if that's all our mission, then we'll, we'll actually all work to, to, you know, grow as a community. Cool. Um, yeah, um, that, that's a very good point. But you, it's optimistic though, because that, that means that we would need to be in a position where we can't rely on the UK system. We're in yeah. the UK, so we're all going to have to rely on them to some extent, right? Um, no, we will. Yeah, no, so for example, like, um, like you know, VIP, our view that we can be a bridge, for example, is us still saying that, no, we do need we do need them. We need the UK, we need these corporates, um, and we need to educate them and make sure they're aware of what's going on and, and try to get, you know, the coins, the capital from them and the, the insights from them and the, and the help from them for our community. So it isn't just strictly, okay, black community, focus on yourself alone, no help. Allies are super important. Like, we can't even pretend. VIP has grown a lot from allies as well. So allies will still be a big part of it. But again, as a community, we do have to have that mindset of growing the community. Yeah, Sam, what did you want to say? I also think that we need to be aware of um, the fact that some of our allies may be a bit performative. So, um, so for example... Like PLT? You know, <laughs> yeah, for example, if we... If we <laughs> If we switch this into um, Black Lives Matter, then we need to be aware that, like, just putting out a tweet and whatnot, while it may have some, um, it may it may do something. It's the bare minimum. The real, the real, the real sort of fight is being being able to do it day in day out, kind of thing. Yeah, it, yeah. It's, it goes way beyond like actually caring about um, about the injustice that's done in the black community goes beyond just putting out a tweet because you're being yeah. pressured to or because yeah. it's, it's, it's good PR or you're putting on a show for social media kind of thing you get what I mean yeah. so so while on one hand I do think that you know we will be a higher priority agenda item like I said before I still do need I still do agree with you and 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 think that you know it, it is it is a bit optimistic it is a bit um we do need to bear in mind that there are conflicting priorities I was speaking to my manager the other day. Well, um, a director, I do some reverse mentoring with a director at work. So I was speaking to him about how, you know, um, more people, more partners need to genuinely care about wanting more black people in their workforce because mm. that's that's the only, it needs to come from a place of genuinity. Mm. And he, he was saying that, you know, um, as a director, from what he's seen, there's just times where, um, literally, they have to weigh up their time. They have to weigh up a choice: attending a DNI event or putting like Vim into a DNI event, or going out and getting this proposal or this um, client that will mean the difference between like ten people in their team coming and asking for a promotion and then being able to give it to them or not. So, literally, sometimes because the tone from the top is pressure on mm-hmm. you know, money and whatnot, and then also the tone from the bottom is that the average Joe doesn't always care. Mm. The average Joe just wants their money, they're there to yeah. get their promotion or whatnot. They need to weigh the up against, like, literally having Vim for things. So so my my, own, my point is that, essentially, we just be careful and, and 
be skeptical when we see PLT and bloody Jack Fire, Olua Jack, whatever. <laughs> putting that, putting but that a tweet. It's crazy that that. No, but on just going back to the um, police brutality side of things and Black Lives Matter, it's crazy how you know a lot of these companies couldn't even get that right. You know, the, the bare minimum that we speak of of being performative. That is crazy, isn't it? Like that is, does that not say a lot? They, they but then would you, would you rather though? Not to play devil's advocate, but would you rather a company just being themselves and be like, you know what, we don't know how to, we don't know how to, we don't know the kind of message to send? Yeah, I think, I, I, I I'd think rather that. I'd rather a company say, we don't, know, we, don't know how to, we, don't, we don't know the right message to send, we're going to try our best and we're open to correction as opposed to maybe steal someone else's tweet, which sounds great, and just copy and paste it. You know, like, I think it's twofold though, because I, I do agree that's better, but then again, it makes us realize that they don't have. Black people in their organisation. It's a symptom, isn't it? It's a symptom of the actual exactly. issue. Exactly. That's, that's it. And I think even that in itself should still allow us to realise, like, one, maybe we should not be supporting that brand, or two, they need to put a serious action plan in place on how they're going to hire, retain, and promote black talent. Like, it, why would this, this again goes back to the blackout day. Like, really and truly, why are we spending our money like this on brands that don't care about us? It's a journey. Like, for me, I've always felt this way. So, like, what, 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 so what, what PLT, like, off the top of your head, what PLT, like, um, alternatives do you go to? That's the thing other, everyone's been saying, you know. No, on a serious note, there are loads of black um, businesses that do clothing. Like, that's, no, like, no, that's, no, no, no. that's, that's what blows my mind about that. People are like, I got oh, my Jew from a black business that's still. That's what I'm saying. People are like, oh, but, but um, what <laughs> yeah. other company is like PLT? Okay, they may not be as big as PLT, but support the small brand. There are so many. So I don't get it. Like we're looking 100%. for the black PLT alone. In order, that doesn't make any sense. So it does frustrate me that a lot of people feel that way. Like, oh well, you know, at the end of the day, like where else can we get our clothes from? Like, forget PLT. Literally, like, forget. We already there was already scandal where they weren't even having like black models like that. You know, or they're not even paying mm. black influencers like that. But how much more does it take? We don't need to beg off um, some of these brands. Like they literally steal our culture. So for me, again, yeah. I hope that. Current climate educates people enough to be like, you know what? No, I'm not going to support these brands. Mm-hmm. And I think it's even to a point where it's too late for them to even like. I know you mentioned we need allies and whatnot, but for me, it's even it's got to a point where there's no point wasting energy trying to educate brands or no. trying to hope that somehow that you know they will suddenly become woke and suddenly realize what the issues are here and and actually make the change. Like PLT, I said it on our last episode, clearly they have just got a white hand from their from their thing, no, put it in Photoshop, man. put it in Photoshop and click black, and it's he just true. changed the white hand into black. It's so it's, that, that's, <laughs> that's a systemic problem kind of thing. So my solution to it is, look, like, let's just focus our energy all on, on the black businesses, even if, like, you know, they're a bit worse than the PLTs then like support them like eventually they're gonna start making more revenue then they can put money into training and then you learn from experience they don't have that 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 um that baseline yeah where they can learn from things that plt have had for for such a long like, time key. I, sorry to go back to black businesses i feel like a lot of people mm-hmm. share away like oh you know black businesses have bad customer service the quality isn't the same they don't have consistent branding like a lot of negatives which i'm not going to say isn't true but black businesses don't have the investment that these other businesses have like and, and even then even then we we i think i said it in the last episode we tend to have a lower threshold of tolerance for black businesses anyway yeah for example like, yeah. I, I, i'm on youtube now on my ps4 and it's not working properly right mm. 
if that was a black business, I'd be on Twitter attacking them the whole way through. I've tried to go on my PS4, I've tried to go on YouTube, i tried to log into my account, and all I'm seeing is a black screen, right? And I'm talking to you guys about it. And I'm going to try again a bit more to do it, whereas if it's a black business, we go on Twitter or we go on social media straight away, yeah. get a bad review. And I think there's a bit of self-hate in that particular regard. It's, I completely agree. There is something, but it's more than that. It's something like, a lot of people don't want to see a lot of black businesses prosper for some unknown reason, which is really sad. So for them, it's like that one opportunity of like, see, I knew it wasn't going to be good, you know, like before anything has even happened. I think I it's a bit like, of competition as well, isn't it, maybe? It's like competition, no, but the problem is, it's not, again, it's not our fault. This has been systems in place for, to make us feel like there's only one room for one person at the top. Like that is, a, that is a sad reality. But I look around, I'm in the entrepreneurship space, like they've given out 13 billion pounds worth of investment in one year to white businesses. They didn't say, oh, you know what, only one business gets that 13 billion because only one business will succeed. No, they're putting their money everywhere in every white company they could think of just for having one idea. So like, we need to stop thinking that only one business can thrive because that's not true. A lot of us can thrive. It, it, it's not a comp- competition like that. There's how many people in the world, billions of us, that can be your um, consumers. So I think that's part of the problem. And I just think that, like, I just, I'm just so passionate about this stuff because I just feel like we need to... 100. Take our money and stick it in the black community. We've got so much mm-hmm. wealth and we, we're not representing none of these models, none of these brands. They don't care about us. They consistently offend us, but we consistently spend with them anyway. And they can do it because they know we're going to come back. And they know that our race doesn't last. Speaking yeah. of spending the money, I saw, um, saw that, um, I think a few weeks ago, you, uh, BYP raised some money. Yeah. Um, do you, do you want to talk to us about that, what you raised your money for and um, you know, how much you raised? Yeah, so we've raised, I think, over £12,000 now. The target was ten, um, But actually, it's still open in the sense of anyone can still put money towards it. And with this current climate, we've actually in, um, received more money. And essentially, it was it's back to the COVID-19. And straight away, news again was all about um, black or BAME people dying more disproportionately. Um, uh, a lot of the fact that we are the ones that are the NHS workers, the, the carers, the cleaners, the bus drivers, and we're the ones that are most exposed. Um, and I was just feeling really like frustrated and sad about it all. Like, why is this the stats? Why is it us again that's getting um, impacted by this? Um, and so essentially that fund was like, we're going to raise money so that if someone wants to make the decision not to go into work for that week or two weeks, they can. You know, that was essentially the mindset. Like, we know that they're dying because they have to go to work because they need money. But maybe that actually, if there's a way we can support them, they, they might not go in. I know it's not forever because we can't support them forever. But even just that two week period or one month or help them with the shopping or their rent, just something that can kind of stop them from going in. That would make that impact. Um, so we raised that amount of money. Initially, it was for about 40 families, up to 40 families, which, again, I know it's not enough. Um, but it was between 250 to £500 tickets so that it can actually make an impact in those families. But we had something like 220-plus applications. We were only able to give it to, like, like I said, like less than 40 um, people. And so it's still open, and I think that there is something there that we do need to promote it more and like actually just go big on the target. Um, but it's just, it's just, a, it's really sad. It, it, like even that, even though we've done that and we know we've impacted people, we've got testimonials and the, you know, and all that stuff. It's like the reality is just it's so much bigger, you know. Mm. And it's such a shame that that has to come from from within. Do you know what I mean? It's a great initiative that you you have, but do you not think that that's the sort of the government or, or whatever. I mean, well, the government's not going to do that. They're, they're telling us that we need to go out and clap for the NHS and clap for Boris. Like, that in right. itself tells you all we need to know. They're telling us to tell them, well done, go to work, whilst we're at home yeah. on our laptops. Like, it doesn't even make any sense. They, you know, yeah. right at the start of COVID, 
They did not increase NHS staff salaries, but they gave themselves 10k expenses for the whole MP. Mm. Come on, man. We just saw Dominic Cummings. Like, what is that? So I think the key thing is we, again, as a community, just have to understand that like, we, all we've got is us, you know, and again, back to the allies or whatever, maybe some people, but we truly have to just, again, focus on developing as a community and, and doing what we can. I mean, that fundraise, I'm sure, you know, if, it, if a big celebrity, like, tweeted it or something, it could get 100k, right? Like, that we put money yeah. in our community at the end of the day. Mm. It's not, it's, mm. it's misplaced. So... Have you... Have you ever have you experienced any like bad mind in our community? Like people like who's this girl think she is so I'm like she's of course. Yeah, that can never get to me though. Um I mean just different things. I mean, one on senior leadership level. So um I've actually been recommending, let's say, from a white person to be like, Oh, you should speak to this black person who's this senior leader. Um one of them who was very high up was just like, ah, oh, I don't believe in, you know, segmenting the black community um you know like why why would we do that we're all just humans um you know i think you're just a pretty little girl riding on the wave that's me she was i'll never forget that statement because i was like one don't comment on my beauty bruv like how old are you and two like move from me man you're the part of the problem <laughs> that's literally the first like i was just like you're part of the problem and that one i just never i just didn't even bother and that was senior super senior then there was another senior person who was just like oh i think women initiatives are enough you don't need to focus on black too um, and then on a community level, I've had just, just other little petty things. Like, um, I remember it took us like a day to reply to an email, like someone's application. And they were like, oh, you can't reply to my email, but you can go and get awards. And you can go and be on press. <laughs> 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 oh, we die. We're just like, come and see. One one day, come and see. Hey, that's your true intention. Move from us. So we get a little naggy thing, but... Honestly, you expect that stuff and that. You're always going to get that. You're always going to get that. You can only, I, I laugh at them. I'm just like, all right, you stay there. Like, let us just keep going. But what's, but what's our solution for that though? What, how no. do we get, we can't just accept that, you know, it's always going to happen. Like, how do we get past Well, that? this is it. This is what we can only be the change we want to see, right? This is it. Like, nothing I can do is going to change that guy's perspective. Well, no, 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 more pop, no more popping champagne on stage. Exactly, exactly. I'm glad you know. Like, but this is what I'm telling you. Like, only we can do that change. Like, we know that our year, our year group, we go to Nigeria in December and we splash in terms of the club. We splash in terms of just show, like, let's show face, let's show out here. Um, but is, that is, that is, that is that what you're saying? Yeah. I'm not indirecting in it. Like, I'm just saying that's what we're doing now. But for me, I remember even when I went and that happened, I actually had a moment of reflection of like, rah, this is, you know, lefty or whatever, but look at what's going on mainland. Look look at, like, this little five-year-old asking me for money. Like, the, the poverty is around us, but we come as a diaspora to Africa, like, yo, look at us, we've made it. And, and you know, so that in itself is a whole separate thing. But my point is, the change starts with us. It's just that simple. Like, it is what it is with some of those people cool, but it's for us to reflect and see what we can do to make a difference. Um, like I said, I can't, none of that ever bothers me. If someone if someone is going to hate on someone else's business, they need to take time and, and ask themselves, why are you hating on that person? And Or maybe they need to be called out by mm-hmm. a friend. They might tell a friend, oh, who, who do they think they are? Did they, that friend could be like, I think they're doing really well. Like, why do you have a problem with them? Like, maybe you need to check yourself. Mm-hmm. So it is, it is, it's just a thing that, again, it's systems. There's a reason people hate because it's like, mm-hmm. we all are trying to do better and it's not easy to do better. So when you see someone else doing better, you're like, what makes that person so special? But not everybody thinks that way. Mm. A lot of the BRP community actually are yeah. supported because they understand that BRP is about helping them. So if you understand mm. that, you can't be jealous of me because every yeah. everything I win gets back into the BRP network. It's just yeah. that simple. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And a lot no. of our members do understand that. 
Yeah, what what I was gonna say was yeah, that's great. Um, and it's, it's good to see that you know, you know, I, I realize a lot of people just can't be happy in general. Um, you want someone to um invest in the community, they invest in the community. Oh, but it's not enough. You're not replying. They're replying. They invest in it's, it's something else. The goal, the goalposts always move. Yeah. Um, so that's great in terms of the fundraising. That's great. Um, how else are you guys um helping people out during the COVID nineteen? Yeah. So we've been so high on content, as in like all the time. Like if you check our social feed, we're just always posting something. Like blogs have like doubled. A lot of blogs again on like mental wellness, um, staying productive, uh, skills that they can learn. We, we put out like all different free courses that are available online. Um, we've got some events lined up. So like one of them, we partner with COGEX. They're doing a leadership summit for two days, June 8th to the 10th, where it is literally like all things leadership. Like, you know, I like everyone should sign up to that because you get access to over 4,000 leaders around the world learning about how to get the next 10 years right. So it's kind of like if you think Network Leadership Conference, right? But that was just for the black community. This is for like anyone. But normally we wouldn't get access to this. Um, so for me, that's a way for us, again, to learn what are these leaders talking about? What is the direction of business for the future? And um, we've got an event with Facebook coming up as well, which is for like anyone that's looking to get hired there, recruiters, HR and D&I people. So just, again, to shape how we can hire better, uh, more black people and stuff like that. And kind of to dictate that, that message. So kind of what you said, Sam, like getting that message back on board. So this event's quite cool because we've got these decision makers you know, all in one event. Um, and then again, one with Nationwide about building resilience and life beyond COVID. So again, it's directly how us as a community can move forward. And they're talking about, you know, property, like what, you know, in terms of property market, career, finance. I mean, they're the second biggest mortgage providers. So like, again, that's all about adding value to the community. Um, another thing that we're doing is Blackout Day. Sorry, that's my, my, my pug. Um, <laughs> yeah, at least you heard that one this time. I it? just said dog. No, in the area before he's like, oh, pug. <laughs> um, so I was going to say, um, yes, yeah, so we've got Blackout Day, which is essentially it's a US based initiative where on one day, on July 7th, nobody spends outside of the community. Obviously, as soon as I saw this, I'm like, yes. Um, I would like for it to be a whole year, personally, but we, we, let's, start, let's start small. Um, but we've changed it where it's like, actually, it's not just about not spending any money. Let's do it all about spending um, on the community, so like black businesses, black initiatives, black crowd funds, black charities. So it's going to be a day where we're, we're going to promote to people to, to save the day and sign up. And we're going to offer like webinars. We're going to partner with as many black networks and communities as possible. And like we want this to be a serious day where it is known that the black community are not spending money outside of that community. And it'll be, it'll be amazing to just see if that actually has an impact. And if it breathes something in us that makes us kind of consistent with that, you know, as black people. Um, and yeah, just in general, again, just loads of webinars, loads of content. Our, our app is still there. So please download the new app or sign up um, online and for you guys to connect with anyone. There are still job opportunities um, for people to apply for those companies that are hiring. Um, and yeah, just in general, we're here for moral support, man. I'm always tweeting something because like, times are hard, man. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. And also, I saw like a couple of weeks ago, um, you guys have got a beautiful link up with um, There's No Signal. So I was going to ask okay. as well. Yeah, I was going to ask as well, like, do you, you know, when you're um, not necessarily seeking your sponsorships, but when you're, you know, agreeing sponsorships, do you actively look for um, companies that, you know, care about um, the cause kind of thing? Or do you 
Is it more about, for example, nationwide, they, they provide a different value, like they are second best in class or what they do, and it will be good for black people to have that knowledge. But if you, if like any sponsors are watching this now, what kind of values would you want them to have? Yeah, good question. So there's two folds. There's a big corporates, right? So like, you know, the Facebook, the Nationwide, et cetera. What allows us to work with them is like, we do have extensive talks with their like BNI team and, you know, whoever is like the main lead on that about what they're trying to change and the um, impact they're trying to make and what jobs they have available to the community. I think the interesting thing about Facebook is that, you know, their outside brand is not very like strong in terms of positive um, news. And obviously this is a strong company. Um, and with BYP, it's like, well, how do we like understand this is what you've told us? How do we let the community understand that? How do we showcase that side of Facebook? Um, and that's why one thing that we're doing now that I mentioned is that bi-weekly newsletter to all these corporates. Because I realise that actually it's, it's deeper than that now. They need to really understand what we're going through as a community and hear our voices. And we now, as a company, need to hold them more to account. Um, that's one thing I've definitely got out of this period. It's like, we're working with them. People are getting jobs. You know, people um, you know, are loving the, the events that they're hosting for us. You know, but actually, we need to make sure that it is not a tick box exercise. And we need to do that by taking more accountability. Um, so that's something that we've learned. And that's something that we're now doing going forward. And when I mean accountability, like right now, we should have a face um, a statement from a lot of these companies just saying what they're doing to support their black employees or the fact that they stand in solidarity with um, those that are struggling. Of course, that's difficult because these are global companies, right? But at least the UK head can say something or someone senior can say something. And I think that even though it's quite a big ask and a big mission for BYP to do that, but I think that could be really strong if we are able to actually be that bridge between companies and our community for real change and accountability. That's an interesting one because, um, I, yes, and I agree. And then also I am a bit, also disagree with that. Because the reason I agree because, of course, this is a bare minimum. Uh, a company say what they do for black people, especially when that's the most topical discussion at this point of time, goes a long way. Yeah. Right? And then, you know, for example, if you can tweet, if you can tweet 364 times of the year about nonsense, and then the one day is about, Black Lives Matter, you can't tweet. That, to me, raises some eyebrows. However, also, one could also argue that tweeting isn't a be-all end-all. I remember um, one person, for example, got on to J. Cole for not tweeting. <laughs> and he was well, busy I, in I wasn't saying tweeting, though. I wasn't going to say, like, expect these companies to tweet. Oh, okay, not tweet, well, I mean, making a statement. Oh, okay, so... Yeah, yeah, what, yeah. What okay, so maybe, maybe I thought you meant literally make a statement, but I guess you can make a statement also. Yeah, like an email, an open letter, an email yeah, from you know, like, after when Airbnb, um, they let go of a lot of employees, I can't remember the number, maybe 6,000 employees, they op- did an open letter that was very, in, like, descriptive of what they sent out to everyone, and they let us understand exactly how they let everyone go, whereas Bird fired everyone on a, um, was it a Zoom, a Zoom chat? They got 400 people in one Zoom chat and said, hey, it's all over, and then that was leaked to the press. So look at those, do, do you see those two different ways of dealing with a situation? You're right, a company might come out and say something, and we're like, mm, that's not enough. Um, maybe put some money towards it too. That that does add value. So I know YouTube did like added a million pounds. Um, Glossier did 500k. The black kid, I'm shocked by that. Um, you know, where some don't even say anything or whatever they said, they should never have said it. Um, I think it ma- it makes a difference. Silence is deafening. Like we have to admit, yeah. it, 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 even though people like get onto these. Um, you know, Twitter heads that are like, hey, why hasn't this person said anything? Why? It's because the silence is deafening and it does hurt. So, like, even me in the entrepreneurship world, 
Like, I'm looking at some venture capitalists and I'm like, I'm not hearing a single word from you guys. Uh, you guys preach diversity and inclusion. In fact, your funds are very high on diversity and inclusion. So I don't understand why I can't hear anything. So I do think that the minimum um, is that, like, show that you're with us as a minimum. And one of our um, employees, Marae, she um, uh, put out uh, 10 steps of how to be a strong ally or non-optical ally, which got, like, you know, tens of thousands of retweets because so many people are like, okay, what can I do to support? And it might seem annoying, like, why do we have to do that? But sometimes you just have to let them know, like, this is what we expect, you know? What, what, what are they, what, in, in those 10 steps, and, uh, do you have any off the top of your head, which... No, nah, I don't have them off the top of my head, man. <laughs> 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 I've got, I've got... I don't have it off the top of my head. <laughs> yeah, yeah, check the vlog, check the vlog. I've got two quick fire questions, though, okay. So, one, how do you appeal like, to the normal average white person who doesn't have a position of power, but um, but to make a like wide-scale change, you, you do need just average Joes to take an interest. So how do we appeal to them? Like BYP, for example, how, how would you sell it to them as something that they should care about? And also, um, have you ever experienced anyone thinking that you do the most, like you... It, like speaking about black issues all the time is is too much, or they may even think you're racist because you're pro-black kind of thing. Okay, that's a really good question. So the first one, it's a really it's a really good question in the sense that people are split with this view. Some people feel like, why should I spend my time educating people that should already know, you know, or like I'm I need to choose my battle, I don't, I need to choose how to protect myself. So one example of that is let's say someone says something silly in the workplace about black people that might be a bit racist or at least a bit of a microaggression someone might say like I'm just not even going to bother like whatever let me ignore it where someone else might be like hey you know Bob that was actually really offensive and then have to deal with like what that repercussion could be of either they listen or they obviously you know go on a, I, I, I wasn't racist I'm not racist and then you're again you've kind of got yourself into a battle and um, I've even experienced it once I had to call out a woman who posted something very offensive in a group chat I called her out separately about, like, you know, you shouldn't do that. That's really offensive. And um, she went on a long tirade of it's not offensive. Um, like, how can it be when I lived with these people in the jungle? Like, it was just, it was a bit mad. <laughs> it was a bit mad. Um, and, I, and again, calmly was explaining to her calmly, but she was very in her own adamant way of thinking it wasn't offensive. And then apparently I was attacking her. So, and that was, and obviously I wasn't. And that was me kind of thinking, all right, I'm going to take on this battle because I think she should understand that that wasn't, that that wasn't okay. But sometimes that's just not it. So I think you do need to choose your battles or maybe it's like you tell them and if they're not responsive, you know, you choose whether to walk away at that point and just be like, you know what, cool, that's not someone I want to um, deal with or I need to take it further somehow by like snitching on them to the, to the manager, whatever it needs to be. Yeah, yeah, snitching is okay sometimes. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I, I, I've, 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 I've had to put guys in a place at work still. Well, there um, we go, exactly. Yeah, uh, what was I going to say um, quickly? Um, so for those people who have been furloughed or who've been made redundant, what kind wait, of wait, tips wait, do you... I had one more question. Oh, do you have one more? Okay, go, go yeah. yeah wait, oh, you one. Your question was about um, people, like, um, whether like uh, you talk too much about black issues. Yeah, you're doing the math. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I think that I'm fortunate enough to have a business which is literally says black in its name. So if you talk to me, you know what you're going to get. Like, and and I think for me, it's it's better because at least they know it's genuine. Because I guess if I'm never talking about it, it's like this girl runs a yeah, where why I can't even I don't I don't even get that vibe from her. 
but because I actually do care, it is what I talk about a lot. But it's true. As a black person in the workplace, like how much black can you bring up or can you talk about? Um, it really, I think it really depends on you as a person, right? Like, are you bothered that people are just like, oh, he, he only likes black people, he's racist? Or maybe it's a case of you putting them all in a meeting. And like, all right, guys, like, all right, I heard this. Let's, let's have a candid conversation about race. It's a safe space, you know, chat and house rules. Nothing leaves this place. Like, let's talk about it and let's, like, let's actually get to the bottom. And I think that's quite effective. I'm someone who, I, I, I'm pro that because I've done it before where I've been in a room with just white people. And I'm like, all right, chat and house rules. Let's have a conversation. What's going on? And, and, you know, one guy was just like, you know, I feel like we've coloured people. And the thing about that, straight away, it's ready to get offended, right? But, but this, he doesn't know what to say. But we've already agreed that this is a safe space. So I can educate him. He's open to being educated. So I think, to me, that's actually a solution. Like, if you want to have a conversation with someone, have it with people who are open to hear it and open to have a conversation. If they're not, forget about it. That's, that's what I think is the best thing. And if people think you talk too much on black issues, then bye. You know, we've got a lot of issues in it. Yeah, that's like when I wore, that's like, I think I said this in the previous podcast, when I wore a suit, a nice suit to a client, um, because he hadn't seen a black guy in a suit before, he said, um, you know, we, have we just gone to court? Because in his mindset, all he's been used to is people wearing suits. I'm wearing a nice navy suit. You don't wear navy suit. You don't wear navy to court. You wear black to court, for example, right? On TV, for example, yeah? So I was like, Tim, bro, you got a man how you talk, innit? And then um, he DM'd me saying, yo, I didn't mean any offence. And I was like, you know what, yeah? Um, yeah, you just got to be careful you know, about the kind of jokes you make. Um, mm. And that's a guy who, he, he's white privileged to the core, right? But he doesn't know any better. Mm-hmm. So I had to explain to him, listen, that's offensive because not everyone who's black goes to court, yeah. for example. Not everyone, you know, people can be black and still work on six, eight-figure deals with clients. And that's why they're wearing a suit. Not because they're about to make a statement to the jury or judge. And I guess the question I was going to ask you is, is it offensive if there's no intent to be offensive? It's still offensive. Yeah. It's still offensive. 100%. That's what he was asking me, isn't it? I was like, Tim, yeah. Because just because, I mean, I was, that's what I said to him as well. I was like, yeah, it's still offensive, even though you didn't mean it. Yeah. But I guess you meaning it allows us to have a bridge where we can have a conversation and then you can't do it again to offend other people in place. Yeah. Because I know you don't mean it, um, this time, it's different, right? Yeah. Because I know you don't mean it, it's different. Whereas if you now go ahead and do it again, that's yeah. going to become more of a problem now that you know yeah. it. Yeah, I just feel like the naivety card doesn't always work, you know, because, like, that's still assumption you've made. You've said it directly. You could have just been like, oh, nice suit. Are you off to, like, what, are you off to somewhere? True, true, you didn't, true. You didn't have to come with, you didn't have to tell me where I was coming from. So I get it, like, he didn't realise it was naive. He just assumed that is all black people. But does that not show how just narrow-minded he is as a person to just think every black person must be coming from court? So I think that, um, no, you can't accept that card of like, oh, I didn't know. Oh, yeah, of course. That's how obviously, I, I, of course, I didn't do it. Yeah, know, I know you didn't anyway, but that's I, why I no, obviously, no one can. That's, why, that's why I gave him a mixtape. <laughs> put him on blast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Sam, did you want to add to that? Yeah. No, no, I, I completely agree with what you lot are saying as well. Like, another thing that, um, again, with my reverse mentor, he was saying that... Um, because my firm is it's a firm of consultants, isn't it? So the people right at the top, they see themselves as providers. So this issue with like a lack of diversity, a lack of black partners, blah blah blah, they see it as a problem. But in my firm, they they like they see themselves as the best in it. So they're like, there's no problem they can't solve. But then this issue, they just don't know how to solve it. Like they don't know how to like they don't even know how to like relate to. 
the average Joe, the average black person. Do you get what I mean? So because of that, it creates uncomfortability where they can't even say the word. They can't even yeah. say black. They're doing exactly yeah. just to flip it. <laughs> you're doing people of colour. You're doing all this stuff. Yeah. So, so, <laughs> honestly, <laughs> every name but black. Yeah, so, honestly, like, I'm black kind of thing. So honestly, we, we just need to... We need to come up with initiatives that just first of all like scatter that bame word yeah. people of colour yeah. and then we we need to that's know, why I do I think it's black to, we went straight to the word black like that's it. Black, I didn't that's go it, to that's it, and I knew it. why I knew what's, the, what's the end goal for BIP? so a lot of things I tend to say is that in 10 years time BIP network shouldn't actually exist because we've solved the problems right like all the problems that we have in this world of, of them seeing us and having a negative stereotype should be solved so that's a hope and the dream. But the truth is with BIP, it's about economic power too, right? So like in 10 years time, like I said, if a pandemic happens, we shouldn't be in this position because actually they can't say, oh, it's because of socioeconomic deprivation. Oh, it's because of bad health. Like they shouldn't be able to say that because actually we're all prospering or thriving or learning as a community of one. Um, more black businesses, obviously, to like grow and prosper. Um, more black people spending within the community. Um, more black senior leaders and um, that's why we did the conference last year and it was focused on leadership our podcast focused on leadership everything that I try and do is focus on leadership because I think that we have a real problem where there isn't enough leaders in our community and I'm not even just talking about corporations I'm talking about community too like um and politics like again none, I haven't seen a single black person on the daily briefing I don't know maybe you have but I haven't seen any and um, that in itself speaks volumes so we have a real leadership problem and that's why, like, BYP, I remember our initial, like, saying was, like, to connect future leaders. Like, and the reason why that was the wording was, it's like, no, like, it's a different type of people we're looking for, like, with the mindset of, I can be a future leader. Um, but you might not know how to be one right now, because it's not that simple. But let's give you guys the tools and all the things that you need to become the leaders of tomorrow. And that also starts with a network. Like, the network side of things is that I should, in, in a few years' time, I should have to holler at Ira and be like, yo, um... I'm looking to get a job where you're working. Like, like, can you can you pop, bring me in? And it should be able to happen. Because no. You can do it now, but I'm talking about even a senior leader position, like, yeah, 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 yeah. like CEO in it of like whatever institution. It should be okay. Let me just get 20 years time, right, where people should be C-suite, like of these organisations or of your own companies. I should be able to to have that link, like, oh, one of my friends, he'll give us that deal. Like, that's what they do. So why should we not be able to do it? In 20 years' time, I can't be looking at you guys in a sceptical way, like, oh, I don't trust him, maybe he's going to try to scam me. Like, mm-hmm. I, that should not be, because that is a mindset within our own community, too, where the trust 100%. isn't there. So, BYP as a network is there to actually build that relationship. Like, in three and a half years, I've got so many new, like, friends or just uh, peers that I never had before who are all doing very well because I've been able to build that network through BYP. And that's the aim for everyone within, within the community, like, to connect with each other for genuine reasons. Um, and yeah, just to be like a billion pound company, right? You guys have been saying it, you know, let me not lie. Let's be that billion pound company where we can buy other black businesses um, where we have a charity arm that's investing um, in black causes. Like everything about BIP is to invest in the black community. So we're doing it now, but we intend to do it, you know, a hundred, a thousand X in the future. So, yeah. yeah that's, 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 that's great, you know. That's, that's great. Um, it's all about getting back to the community. That's what we try to do here, this podcast as well. Um, not just about, you know, we're blessed enough to be where we are now. We're blessed enough to have the knowledge and it is that we have now. Uh, it's all about spreading that as well to our community and allowing other people to elevate. Um, it's, you know, it's lonely at the top. It's all about bringing other people at the top with you. 
uh, in that regard. So we really appreciate that. Um, where, where can where can we? Um, oh, before we go, um, of course we spoke about people being furloughed and redundant. Um, oh, yeah. And I was going to say a quick tip for those who are still um, who, are, who are at home who aren't working. Um, you can use this time not just to chill, but you can use this time to build more skills. Uh, yeah. Think about the industry you want to be in, or think about um, the boss's job. I think about the skills he's had, and you know you can build that roadmap as to where he was and what he did to get there, yeah. and then you can start going on that particular path. Yeah. Um, what, what other tips did you have for people who are redundant or furloughing at the moment? So those who are furloughed, like you're getting paid to be at home right now. So to do nothing. Yeah, so be thankful for that firstly, like, right, cool, I've got that. But don't use it as a, I don't have to do anything because I've got money coming in anyway. Use it as a way to diversify your income stream. Like everybody knows that like, the way to get rich is having seven different income streams. Like if you haven't re- read Rich Dad, Poor Dad yet, I don't know. So, um, like, really and truly think about how you can make more money. So whether it's you're freelancing at another company or a small business, um, you're doing some sort of online course, you're putting out an online course, and you're, something that I saw that was quite cool from someone was they were offering, like, consultation on, like, how to get into tech, for example, and, like, 30 minutes was free, and then the next bit is £50. People are paying. People are trying to understand how to get in. So, like, you know, the knowledge you have, how do you capitalise it? How do you make money from it? Um, and then, obviously, again, volunteer, if anything. Go and volunteer. Like, there's loads of businesses right now that, you know, can't afford to hire staff. Maybe volunteer for them for free. Exactly. And we're volunteering. That's sick because you're getting paid at your old job and you're volunteering. So you're going to learn about a different, complete, a new industry exactly. or a new system of working. And you get to learn new skills while doing yeah. that. So that's, that's also quite good as well. Yeah. And all I'll add to that as well is just um, keep developing your personal brand. Like... Let's say you've been furloughed and you're lucky enough to, you know, um, have savings or whatever, then maybe take a step back and think that this job, is it really in line with my personal brand? Am I, am I able to maybe look on the job market, see what's there and see if I can do work for a company or do a particular role that, you know, adds to me? Because at the end of the day, all I always, like the end goal should be um, bring as close to what you are at home to work. I know obviously just bearing in mind that there's some there's some assets of you at home that are like, not appropriate for work, but as close as is appropriate should be what you're aiming to bring to work still. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, obviously, it's not by force, obviously. Like, relax, enjoy yourself at the same time. Take the time to mentally clear ahead of any stress, but at the same time, bear in mind that lockdown will end eventually, and you don't want it to be a thing where you're, you're worse off than your other counterparts who yeah. have been upscaling themselves, who have been building new habits. Yeah, and I've got um, two more quick things to add. One, in this period, for example, I've been learning Yoruba, uh, which is obviously a Nigerian language. Um, and that was just random because it's like, you know what, I've got extra time. It would be good to learn Mandarin. I was like, why am I learning Mandarin? I don't know my own language. So then that's where it started. And then there's like a little group of us that are doing it like three times a week for two hours. You know, you've got a teacher and everything. And that was just because I'm like, I want to learn it. So the same thing for other people. It might not be something specific towards your professional development, but it might be something of interest that you haven't had time to do. And now's the time to do it. Um, and then secondly, for people who have a business already and have always had this side hustle or side business, I think this is really the time to really double down on their businesses, um, you know, because it's like that could be the, your way out of working. A lot of these people didn't even like their jobs before they were furloughed or redundant, let's be honest. So now's your chance to actually try and find that way out. Um, you know, like I said, with VIP, I'm full-time, been full-time for two years, but I was working alongside initially until it got to a place where I didn't have to. Um, and I feel like that's everyone's minimum minimum goal as an entrepreneur. And 100%. you want to then grow it. So it doesn't have to be a side hustle forever. 
Cool. And again, if, if, you, if you're not someone who's interested in having a, your own side hustle, your own business, that's still fine. That's fine. Focus, focus on where you are now and trying to be the best person you can be at where you are now. Um, cool. Uh, okay, thanks for coming on. Thanks um, for having me. Where can we find you? Um, it's just Kike on a Wednesday um, on all my social platforms, so like Twitter, uh, Instagram, LinkedIn. Um, and then uh, BYP is just BYP Network, again, on all the social handles. Um, but they can download the app, BYP Network, or they can even just go on our website, uh, BYP-network.com, um, and they can find out more about us. They can log in, sign up, um, and also attend our events and stuff. So, Is it, is it still swiping left or right? No, I told you we got rid of that. <laughs> You're like, you... I'm playing, I'm playing, I'm playing, I'm playing. I'm playing, I'm playing. I'm playing, I'm playing. I'm I'm good now. Nah, I wasn't on it for that purpose. Still, I'm yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. good. Um, but no, honestly, like honestly, thank you so much, Kike, for coming on. And 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 I know Kike is a wonderful um role model, so and I know her DMs are open. So if there's any like young, How do you know my um, DMs are open? Listen, if there's any aspiring kickers. If there's any aspiring kickers that are not following your footsteps, I'm sure they can reach out to you. Yeah, they can. Yeah, they can. Yeah, they can. And if they go, if they download the BFN Network app, like literally, they can message me on there, and I'm more responsive on there than okay. any other platform. Would you give yourself a verified tick on there? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's in development. You don't even have that yet. Follow me, Sam underscore Luke or everything. Follow the podcast, uh, My City Podcast, on everything. Uh, follow Ire at follow me on Instagram at ire.ae which is ire.ae follow me on Twitter at ire Lewa, which is I-R-A-Y-L-I-W-A as I mentioned follow the podcast everywhere My City Podcast follow BYP Network follow, follow Kicker and um, keep safe everyone cool take care okay. bye